0: few moments alan walsh co-managing director octagon hockey sports agent and also lawyer which can come in handy jb (laughs) yeah sounds like with all of this going on all right let's welcome alan walsh in uh alan thanks for making time today thanks for having me kipper you're um you're as busy as ever on uh, on Twitter today, uh, JB, you got what's the latest on uh, on Alan Walsh's Twitter?
1: Well, I I won't uh, read all the tweets because there's three uh, good ones, but the uh, essence of it is that I'm hearing this morning that several NHL owners are very concerned and unhappy with Gary Bettman's leadership. Um, Alan, you went on to discuss the reasons why it's time to fire Bettman um, from CTE and uh, do nothing to help retired players. A number of things. What is it that brought you to the conclusion it was time to put this out there about Batman that you believe he's just not the man for the job anymore?
2: Well, it's no secret that I'm not a fan of Gary Bettman, but I think yesterday, watching his press conference, his uh, lack of empathy, compassion, remorse—what people wanted was to see some of that, a sincere apology. We needed a human being yesterday, Mm -hmm. the commissioner. We needed him, and he let everybody down. We got Lawyer Gary playing word games, insulting reporters, insulting Sheldon Kennedy. It was just outrageous. The farce. That happened yesterday, and I think in many people's minds, including NHL owners, that solidified the moment where everybody started saying, in a cascading effect, this guy has got to go.
0: Alan, I don't know if you had a chance. uh, I I was talking to JB, and, and we started the show out, and I listen to what you're you're saying, and I've listened to so many talk, and it all makes perfect sense, Alan. But what it what is clear since I think Gary was hired back in 1993, if I'm not mistaken, is that he is not the people's commissioner. He is the owners' commissioner, and he is he answers to 32 of them last yesterday and i'm not sure and and you've said this you've maybe you, you've got knowledge of 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 some that aren't happy and i don't know if it's going to be enough i know if if i'm the chicago blackhawks right now that that gary took a few punches last night figuratively out, out of the media and i'm okay with that but Do you see now a few owners getting together and say, we we need a commissioner for the people? Because all I see is 32 owners going, uh, how much power are we going to relinquish if if we go to a a people's commissioner opposed to one that protects us?
2: I, I think we need a commissioner who has empathy and respect and love for everyone involved in the game. Let's say it the way it is. Gary Bettman despises the players. He does. And everything he does shows us that. So that's why, more than all the other reasons we have, and we have hundreds of reasons, it's time to move on. He's had thirty years. It is time. So to me, the question is not if we're going to get a new guy sooner than later. It's when. I just Uh, And I think what solidified it to me more than anything else was the two million dollar fine. The joke of a fine. When Gary Bettman was asked about the fine and it was compared to Arizona with the draft prospects and New Jersey the, the draft circumvention and he said different context, different facts. The message he sent by saying those words is that circumventing Gary Batman's precious salary cap is more egregious than sexual assault of a player. And and that's not that's not the game I love. And that's not the game anybody that I know loves.
1: No, it's a it's a gross uh it represents the league in a gross way, I agree. But you know, I, I hear what Nick said too about the owners and like the fans and players Think it's awful and have no power to get rid of this guy. And he's not their guy. You know, you tweeted that several owners are very concerned and unhappy with him. Is that because they're compassionate and are putting their pocketbooks second? Or it just seems unlikely to, you know, as an outsider, that the owners would not love the job that Bettman does protecting them.
2: Justin, there's a transformative moment that has occurred in the history of the National Hockey League. And, and, and that's what's been going on for the last week. Uh, a lot of things that have been swept under the rug are now coming out. Uh, the NHL has lost control of the moment. And, and we now have an event. That's what we have right now. And when you take a step back as an owner... And you start hearing from sponsors that are angry, that are questioning their investment in the National Hockey League. When you look at some of the crowd right now and see buildings half full, when you think about how the game has been marketed, when you have relationships with players and we talk about concussions And CTE, when we talk about former players, I think there's a lot of owners sitting back right now. And yes, you can go to Gary and get your centralized money early to help you in cash flow, which is what Gary does to keep them happy. But the game is in trouble. And that's what they're seeing. And that's what's going to be the end of Gary.
0: Well, that's, you've hit it. That's the only way that there will be true change is if they feel it to their bottom line. So do you have information? Do you have major sponsors that you know of right
2: now that are contemplating pulling out? I can't sit here on, on, on the line with you and start giving you a list of names I've talked to a lot of people today and a lot of it was re- in reaction today to yesterday's press conference and and on the owner side um, even people in the league office there's a great unhappiness with the direction of the National Hockey League and there have been, I've been told sponsors who have called and they are questioning what's going on. Do they want their brands associated with what's been going on the last week? So I really believe we're at an inflection point and And the next few weeks are going to be critical to the future of the national hockey league. Ellen, what do you hear
1: from your players, the players that are with Octagon? You know, there's a big uh, uproar from the media and fans. How do your players feel about what's happening in the NHL right now?
2: I I think players in general are very concerned. Many are angry. How could this happen? And And yes, there are systemic issues everywhere that needs change yes we need a culture change but as i've said before culture is set at the top and flows downward so if the people at the top who are running the league who are running teams do not believe in the change of culture We're just going to end up back at the same place with more victims down the road. It's horrible to say. But I was personally very impacted by Kyle Beach's interview. It was heart-wrenching. And I've had people calling my office, uh, people I don't know, wanting to share their stories, just wanting to talk. I've had players call me and share incidents from their past that uh, horrible stuff. So this is not just an isolated incident. This is a microcosm of what goes on in society. And I'm not saying there's other NHL coaches who have done this. I'm saying that there are many victims out there of sexual abuse and sexual assault. And it's a society problem. It's a problem in sports, especially minor and youth hockey and and all the other sports. And I think we all have to recognize that. And then you have somebody like Sheldon Kennedy who's dedicated his post-career hockey life to trying to make the world a safer place for kids and and to have... Gary Bettman say in his press conference, "Well, you know, his abuse didn't happen when he played in the NHL. How heartless can you be? How tone deaf can you be?" So I think me and and a lot of other people have just had it. Alan, what
0: can you tell us about uh, the three hour call? with the uh, Players Association yesterday. We do know that Donald Fear has recommended that the union hire outside counsel to conduct it. We, my, my sense is, from what I had heard, there wasn't a lot of screaming or yelling or calling for anybody's job. It was just a, a calm uh, call into what can we learn moving forward and, and really what can an independent investigation at this level really do? other than help people misremember or vaguely recollect? Because that seems to be going on around a lot of places these days.
2: You know, Kipper, I've long advocated that agents should stay out of the internal business of the NHLPA. I, nothing good can come of it. I think an agent's role is to support the NHLPA as an organization and support the players, specifically in collective bargaining. Uh, but the internal issues uh, within the union is the it's the players' union, and it's not the agents' union. And and I think for me to comment at all uh, about NHLPA internal business, it's not my place to do that. I'm not going to do that. Uh, as an organization, I've always been a player's guy. I've always advocated for the players. A strong NHLPA is good for the game of hockey. And and I'll leave it at that. Okay, I, I got one
0: more for you because uh, I, and I don't know whether or not this has been discussed public or not. JB, you tell me if you've heard uh, anybody talk about this, but. It's come to my intention that there's some that believe that um, when, when Kyle Beach's uh, camp or agent or uh, whoever reached out first uh, to the PA, that he technically was not a member of the NHL Players Association. And I'm just asking you, Alan, as, as an agent... Is there a chance that he didn't get the same attention as an active member would have at the time?
2: I honestly don't have enough facts to give you an opinion on that. So when a player is assigned to a National Hockey League team and on the 23-man roster, he is a member of the NHLPA. And when he is in the American Hockey League, there's a union that covers the American Hockey League and the East Coast League and some of the other minor pro leagues called the Professional Hockey Players Association, the PHPA. It's a totally separate organization, a separate union, a separate bargaining unit. They have their own CBAs with their leagues. Uh, So I really don't know Kyle Beach's status. I don't have enough information to give you a direct answer on that.
0: Well, listen, we we really appreciate your time. I know there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes and you've got your players to look after, uh, but we really appreciate you uh, spending a few minutes with us.
2: It's a pleasure being with you,
0: Kipper, JB. Thanks, Alan. We appreciate it. Alan Walsh, everybody, co-managing director of Octagon Hockey, sports agent, lawyer. I don't know too many agents that would publicly go anywhere and and say the words that he said uh, moments ago. Uh, But we know Alan because of uh, Twitter and go from one of uh, his dearest clients, Marc-Andre Fleury. We all know what happened there. A while ago in Twitter uh, with uh, the messages sent out. Uh, uh, strong words from Alan Walsh, JB.
1: Yeah. And do I have time now to read his tweets? Would that be okay if uh take a sec to read those? Or did we say enough, Sammy? We're good? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I-, I mentioned that he said that uh, the NHL owners are very concerned and unhappy. Uh, and even the owners realize it's time for a culture change uh, from the top down. It's time to fire Bettman. He says... From the way Gary has mismanaged the horrific events in Chicago to his refusing to acknowledge a link between traumatic, traumatic brain injury and CTE, for doing nothing to help the retired players, for calling the NHL a family, for the Department of Player suspensions, for the way the game is marketed, for the lack of, of any cl- coherent global strategy, for turning his back on issues like painkiller, ambient and tordol abuse, for his lack of empathy and caring, for his three lockouts and all the lies, it's time for Gary
0: to go. Whoa.
1: What do you, what do you, how do you feel about that? I think think there's
0: a lot of people that feel the same way, but it's a lot right there, but do I think he's going anywhere? Absolutely not.
1: It is interesting that he does though, isn't it? Like it's not coming from nowhere.
0: I, I don't question Alan Walsh's information, his contacts. I don't question all of it. No. But I am a see it to believe it here. Yeah. And are there possible behind the scenes conversations going on from sponsors? Yeah, I would. Why wouldn't there be?
1: Like, I guess there's a but, chance there's a greater reckoning here for the league.
0: But is uh, like, don't we have to see a real fallout here? With sponsors yes. disappearing before we question whether or not uh, Gary Bettman's job's on the line here. Well,
1: we opened this show talking about how Chicago's going to stroke a check and it's disappear- going to disappear. And I feel right now, this whole thing's on a knife edge. And it can fall one way and they stroke a check and it goes away. Or one more thing tips this thing over and the whole, I don't know, the whole league... Has a bit of a moment here.
0: I don't see the whole you, you moment. let' don't see the moment. There. No, no. I don't know, man. People I don't. Are, people are pissed. Okay, but are they pissed enough to well, that's the thing. stay is, away? Is, are there, they, is there another are they, straw are, for the camel's are, back are they, here? Come are they pissed enough to say that I've had enough? Because we know there's there's some people in our industry that... saying it but still got to work still need this league to run i I, I need a job i need i need to put food on my table is anybody so pissed and upset that they're gonna leave quit their job
1: no but they might push for things to get better instead of just saying okay let's carry on here
0: and that's okay and you look for victories as small as they can be and if it means here. if it means a better system a better checklist that's a start and and we'll move on cuz everything moves on there's nothing really that's stopped not in yet. its entirety not yet and yet, we've seen it in other industries same thing going Everywhere. Corporate companies all over the world right now have their own crap, are dealing with their own... Cutting checks out of the media. Cutting checks that you've never heard about. HR files as thick as war and peace. (laughs) Oh, God. But they deal with it. And unfortunately, this is a lot more public than others are going on. But what are the what's the what's everybody's first priority? Is to survival and protect image or the yeah. bottom line? Sammy, you got something? Well, I just thought what Walsh said
1: there that this was kind of like a turning point was interesting because he obviously talks to a lot of people and it just how this was sort of a different thing than things in the past which I thought was an interesting point when you were kind of talking about that with him. So, I mean, those are strong words. It's one side of the, you know, we've been talking all sides, so I think it's important that we provided that side of the argument. But I just, I I thought what he said about how this could be a potential turning point was very interesting to me. I think it can be if it's seized. This is, you know, you're handed this moment that there's a chance to make real change, and if you let it slip away, it's just you're right back into the way things were before.
0: Well, I just... You know, Alan calls for Gary Bettman's job. And my first thought is, okay, who decides?
1: You know what my first thought is? Can he do that? (laughs) Can someone? Like, I guess you can. Can, I
0: don't know.
1: Why not? But who? Just you never see it. No one wants to cross the league.
0: Who does he think decides? Like, he mentioned some owners. But how many of them now have to go, we want them out?
1: Yeah, like I think Jeremy Jacobs and Tom Dundon. I think of the individual owners of Melnick I know of around the league. Most of them would be like, protect the league, carry on. Let's be on our merry way here.
0: Do you want to... Just a they're, guess. They're, I mean, I don't
1: know they're, that's they're, how they feel, but... What
0: do we say uh, uh, teams are now worth anywhere between, what, $600, $800 million. $650 to buy
1: one before you have a player.
0: I would think that uh, their top priority is to uh, protect their asset...
1: Yeah, I guess turmoil is not good for asset stability, is it? So
0: Okay, enough. You had mentioned earlier in the show about the schedule come we got kind of derailed because we started we we went into the Jack Campbell uh negotiations and how we thought that that could end up or not end up as uh he continues to look for a new contract going into an unrestricted free agency uh after the season's over, but Next three games, we assume Peter Morazic will get a start. Where do you see it? Do you see yeah. it uh, middle friend, of the week or, or the friend. weekend against Boston? You know, Tem- Tampa Bay and Boston following up Vegas.
1: I just think back to you know Hutchinson and you know you and I have had laughs about it. You know they want to put people in a position to succeed. How do you best put? The, you know, Peter Mrazek in a position to succeed here. If, if Campbell beats the Golden Knights tonight, are you going to throw him out against a Tampa Bay Lightning team that's starting to roll or a Bruins team on Saturday night on, you know, hockey night in Canada? These are tough spots, but I, I guess if I had to guess, I would say if I had to, I'm going to say Mrazek would get the Lightning on Thursday so Campbell can play the Bruins on Saturday night and they just start sort of alternating until Mrazek p- proves that he's not a part of a tandem.
0: I, I think I think Jack's got the, the chance here to run the rest of the week. You do, eh? I do. Yes. And it's like, I wasn't kidding. They're caught between a rock and a hard place right now because they want to re-sign Jack Campbell, but we know that more success means... More dough. More dough. <laughs> Which, damned if I do, damned well, if I don't. Well,
1: I, I guess you... You are in a position where, yeah, you give him the three good teams here in a row and, uh, and hopefully he gets us in wins and then he's worth his
0: money. All right. Know. We're, we're taking the rest of the show right over the finish line with hockey talk. That's why we go get Darren Pang. Is that you in the background? <laughs> That's Pang right. There. <laughs> hey,
3: who's babysitting? Hey, who? hey Kipper. How are you? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm doing fabulous. I'm in New Jersey. Uh, Visiting my son and his daughter and our latest uh granddaughter, Scotland Lynn Scotland Belland Pang. Uh,
0: okay. Oh, that's awesome, buddy. Congratulations. Now Congrats, were man. you were you like a total hands on dad? Are you changing diapers again?
3: Oh my god, Kipper. I just I just went I just went upstairs and uh, the about fifteen day old one, yeah. Just I, I should have taken some pictures and sent them to you. Yeah, so <laughs> it, you know it brings get, gets the old memory going. I my wife and I now have four grandkids, just barely under the age of two. It's just happened rather quickly, and it's been fun to relive it. And uh, you know, and you know, honestly, it's been it's been unbelievable. It's been um, I don't know what it is. It's hard to it's hard to explain. And I think grandparents would. Say the same thing that it's uh there's something about it that just gives you some more life at, at an important part of your life. You, you know? should
0: you should have seen me change a diaper in my heyday, man. I I could have oh. worked the pit in. uh oh, guys, in I got it
1: down right now. I'm in the thick of it here. Big bang, boom, it's over.
0: Like,
3: I was five, I was seven thinking seconds. of those big mitts, <laughs> those big mitts of kippers. Oh my goodness gracious! Down goes the baby. Down goes the poop and the diaper. Here he comes back up again. He's got the co-host stick.
0: <laughs> so how how's your schedule? Uh, still covering uh, the Blues as much as ever, or is it just uh, more of a pick your spots?
3: No, actually, I mean every game that I can make it, uh, Kipper with the with the Blues on Valley Sports, I make it. And uh, you know, this Wednesday, in fact, uh, St. Louis is at LA, and that's a TNT game. But Ed Edzo and that group are going to be doing that game, so that's the reason why I came to New Jersey uh, with Lynn just to take this time to make sure we could see the uh, the grandkids. And then right back at it again, uh, Thursday, San Jose. Uh, then we've got Anaheim. And then we've got, uh, after that, then it's uh, Anaheim. And then Winnipeg. And so back. So really, um, you know, not too stressful so far, Kipper. Next Wednesday, almost like when you and I were working uh, uh, with Mac and, and, and Darren Millard on Wednesday Night Hockey, is that, you know, you just kind of have some days where you do a game on Tuesday, you race there the day of, then you got a game on Thursday. Uh, but so far, it hasn't been too stressful. Next week, I'll be Edmonton at Arizona will be our TNT game, and I'll be doing that one.
1: Well, Panger, we ha- we don't have a whole ton of uh, practice watching U.S. teams after the Canadian division up here. We watched a ton of the same teams over and over again, and the Leafs have a couple good teams coming to town. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights, Tampa Bay Lightning, and Boston Bruins. Uh, tell us a little bit, for what do we have in store among these three teams coming up here? Is there one that you like the best out of the group?
3: You know, that's that's a really good question, uh, you know, Justin, because, you know, many thought that, you know, Vegas would be the, you know, the class or at least amongst the, the, the leaders, at least top three in the Western Conference with Colorado. And, and then whatever team snuck up there, whether it be, you know, St. Louis or Minnesota or uh, any other team that kind of jumped in there, um, Edmonton being another one of them. And, you know, I think Vegas is still, to me, a really heavy team that plays a real hard backtracking game. They're a good back checking team. Uh, rarely do they leave odd man breaks. They're very good that way, um, you know. And, and obviously, they're going through some, you know, uh, some adjustments. I would have to say right now, just the way you know, they do, they don't exactly have a creative centerman right now. Um, you know, their D aren't actually accumulating as many points as I thought. Um, you know, I think they're one of the leaders in jumping up in the play and supporting the rush and and getting points from their D. But that really hasn't been the case just yet. So they they've not yet hit their stride whatsoever, in my opinion. But still a big heavy team that plays the game, uh, you know, uh, the heavy way, the hard way, and the, probably the correct way too. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay, you guys know what what they're all about. They they can just flat out make a play. I think they're still trying to find their way as well with that adjustment on that, you know, with that fourth line is switched. They've got some guys like Corey and. Uh, you know, Patty Maroon, and they sort of haven't had that identity that they've had. I don't think just yet, uh, but after back-to-back cups, you know, the drill there, they got a goaltender. You see that save that he made last night, you guys.
1: Oh, yes. made. Oh, yes.
3: oh my goodness. I mean, come on. You know, just when you think you got that team beat, you know, that's, that's what separates that team. It's their, uh, their, their goaltender is the best goaltender in the world. And there is, there's no second from, I mean, right now, I think he's, he's that far ahead of the bunch at this particular point. So, I mean, that's, that's you know, I mean, their D are pretty darn good as well. So, um, anyway, I, th- I think, I mean, Toronto's got their hands full. Teams that think they're going to get it to that next level um, and think just because a year has passed or, hey, we think we're, you know, we've, we've got this figured out or that figured out. The teams that have been there, done that, they also are trying to figure it out. I mean, I cover the St. Louis Blues. Everybody had them, you know, kind of at the, you know, not the bottom, but they probably thought, ah, out of sight, out of mind, They lost. the last two playoffs weren't very good. I turn around in training camp, and all they want to do is prove people wrong. And they're having a great start. And that's going to be the you know same thing for all the other teams that we're talking about. So um, anyway, that's what's make, what makes it hard for a team that hasn't had an accomplished playoff um, you know, set of years, if, if that's the right way of describing it. You know, like Vegas, conference final, you know, final, conference final. Colorado knocking on the door. St. Louis has been there. And that's what makes it hard. You have to be hardened by your experiences and learn from them and be hurt by them. And and I think that's how you get over the top and become champions. Hey,
0: Panger, you were uh, watching uh, from afar Doug Armstrong re-sign Jordan Binnington uh, to a contract, and that was after he won a Stanley Cup and there's still people believe it or not that would say um, you're not really sure what you're paying for you know with, with a guy like this who came on so late and now the Toronto Maple Leafs are trying to sign Jack Campbell and is there a danger here of still not knowing what you might be paying for well,
3: for, well, for, for sure there is as, as well as Jack Campbell Kipper has you know has performed and since coming over from the la kings he's been a bit of a silver lining and a savior for the organization um is he a still a is he a tier two number one goalie is he uh is he a guy that can actually take them through one playoff round let alone three more after that um yet to be seen but is he the best option they have right now uh i'd probably say so so now it's about what kind of term you're going to give them. And I think uh, we've all been around the block enough. A lot of people thought that that deal for Bennington, is that too hardy? Is that too long? Uh, you know, what has he done? Well, what, what did he do? You know, a, he brought the only Stanley Cup that the St. Louis Blues have ever had. So the next year he followed up with 30 wins in the NHL. And, uh, and so, you know, so I, I think Doug Armstrong looks at it and says, I'm going to resign my head coach. I'll probably pay him $3 million. He was an intern head coach, and then he won the Stanley Cup. Well, he's going to get rewarded. The goaltender won a Stanley Cup. He's going to get rewarded for that as well. And so, you know, as far as Jack Campbell's concerned, the only thing you have to be careful of is committing too many years and too many dollars for a guy that hasn't, you know, taken anybody to any type of promised land. But all being said, right now, uh, unless you have plan B somewhere in your closet, and I'm not sure if they do, or if they think Plan B out there in the off season or sometimes in the middle of the season uh, is better than what they have, well then you better lock up what you have. And you know, I'm, I'm not speaking for Jack Campbell, but I know that if I was in his position and I had that opportunity from a team, uh, any team, and, and then they gave me the confidence and I took over and they they let the number one goalie, you know, run off in the off season, I, I think I would I would do. Not them a favor, but I would make sure that I watch what I did because the grass isn't always greener. He's got something great going there in Toronto. And when you've got something great and people believe in you, there's nothing like that as an athlete. And so um, I I, I don't I I wouldn't imagine this is going to be some kind of real overly complicated uh, conversation or or contract on, on both sides. But it seemingly may be.
1: Well, you know, I'm. I agree with you. Uh, I'm also glad that Kipper brought up um, Biddington because uh, you got to tell me about this guy. I can't tell if he's a bluffer or not. But how do you <laughs> how do you feel about his antics out there, kipper
3: <laughs> Justin, I, I got to <laughs> tell you something. I get more texturing during games. Uh, guys that have been goalies in the NHL, uh, other analysts in the NHL, it oh, makes me mental. And I get I get a lot of notes from them, and they're like in the middle of the game, and they're like. At any point, is somebody going to knock his helmet right off his, you know, right off his face? Is somebody going to punch him right in the nose at some particular point? And uh, the answer so far is, is, is no, but it doesn't mean that's not going to happen. But in answering your question, Justin, because I think it does get to a point where, you know, last year in San Jose, he was frustrated. He left the net. He went by their bench. One of their guys said something to him. He swiped his stick at the goal. Like, he went through all that. And the team ended up coming back and winning the game. Which was amazing. And they kind of rallied around him. And so, you know, from that point on, Justin, guys are like, hey, I love his emotion. I love what he's doing. What he did the other night uh, against Colorado, to me, wasn't the right thing to do. Um, uh, you know, the players are taking care of Kadri. Uh, they've proven that. They didn't like the hit the year before in the playoffs on Justin Falk. Braden Shen has fought him. Justin Falk has fought him. Uh, you know, they've made a point to Kadri that, you know, we will never forget what you did in that hit. And that's, that's great. That's hockey. That's a memory like an elephant, whatever you want to say. They're doing it the way you can do it in hockey, which is you can drop the mitts and fight. But swinging a stick like that is a bad example. And, and I'm glad that the next day after practice, he actually addressed the media on that. And the first thing he said was, I don't condone what I did. I don't want kids thinking that swinging your stick is good. So to me, that was a good step in the right direction for him and, and, and maturity-wise as well. Because I will say this, it crossed my mind as soon as it happened. He's on the radar for Hockey Canada. Hockey Canada likes even keeled, controlled emotion. We know what we're going to get, and and I, I'd have to think there might have been a conversation after that to say, you know what, Jordan, that stuff's got to stop. And, uh, you know, we love your emotion, we love your passion, we like your fight back. Uh, You know, but for me, that that part of it wasn't uh, wasn't true to what he is all about. That's how I think I'll say that the best. Pang, are you the best as I can say it?
0: Hanger, you would have needed a step ladder to get your stick that high to someone's head.:
3: Oh, well you know these goals. Uh, <laughs> their, their skate blades are a lot taller now. You know what I mean? Kipper They're a lot taller. They, I, I would here's, I did that. I tried that once and uh, I was playing in Saginaw, the IHL. A kid uh, a kid did a kind of kind of the moves that we see now in the shootout, you know, through the legs, kick it up, you, know, one hand on the stick. And, and I took exception to it. The as, shootout had just started in the IHL. As you said. And I took a one-handed swing at this kid. I think his name was Glenn Greenle. And, and I nearly decapitated him. <laughs> and our coach at the time, Dennis Derogier, one of the toughest IHL players ever, he chased me off the ice. He, I don't, he didn't grab me by the throat, but he was looking like he was going to do that. But he sat me down, and I'm telling you what, I was a little scared and uh i never i never did it again after that kipper cuz i think you never know what you can do like i mean Bennington could have easily missed a little bit i know he wasn't he didn't mean to if he meant to he really could have done something bad
0: yeah you're he, right
3: but but you never know he could have i mean it it could have happened and it could have been awful and awful. uh and i thought of that when i did that to that kid uh in the minors in the ihl and i i never did it again after that even when those guys were hot dogging and doing all these practice things that I always drove me crazy for, I, I still didn't do it again. Okay, shh.
0: Keep, keep your voice down. I think the baby's sleeping.
3: <laughs> is... Oh, oh, chipper! I've got more energy now than I did before. I've, I'm I'm fired up again. Right. My golf season next year is going to be tidy because I'm I'm limber now. I'm way more limber.
0: All right. He's Darren Pang, former NHL goalie and current host of Romper Room. <laughs> <laughs> remember that show panger
3: i, I the friendly giant
0: <laughs> you were actually yeah. actual size for the friendly giant i think uh,
3: yeah i could have i could have sat on that little rocking chair Kipper.
0: <laughs> all right panger thanks for joining us thanks panger
3: my pleasure justin and kipper right. take care boys hockey
0: analyst on tnt
3: He's a pretty funny guy.
1: Great guy. Really salt of the earth fella.
0: So, Mitch Marner, dentist chair, two root canals the other day. That
1: sounds miserable to me.
0: Okay. Awful. Walk in the park, Mitch Marner. I had five in one sitting. Uh, Five root canals. Hey, did I overhear you on the phone? Did he get his teeth fixed, like, proper? I heard he got his teeth fixed, and... Like, who does that? You're no one, you're does just that. gonna get them knocked out again.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I what I is the with, point? I played with a half a tooth uh, for my career that they just would get knocked out, they would replace the half, you know, once a year basically. And then when I was done, you
0: get the proper plug and crown situation. Well, I did, I did fix mine though. The bottoms, well, yeah, the, bot- I I I the bottoms, should, different. I should, yeah, bottoms, but they're all posts, so yeah. they're all caps yeah. with posts. But five of them in, in one sitting. I, I think I sat in a dentist chair for, I don't know, eight hours. Man, I got to. It's all in my book, by the way. That story's in my uh, book, Undrafted. Undrafted. Available anywhere. <laughs> it's very good. Books. And
1: I'm not just saying that. It's, it's a worthwhile
0: read. How, did, you, did you finish it? I did finish it. Oh.
1: You know, I oh, I, up I wrote now. my own book. Um, I'm, it's, it's it was funny reading your book, and you're like partying with Madonna at Club Fifty Four, and I'm like, I lived in Reading, Pennsylvania. But wait, there is there is still good stuff in mind, just slightly oh, different. Oh my
0: God, how young is he? It's first of all, it's Studio Fifty Four, not Club Fifty Four. Okay, <laughs> it's not Club Fifty Four, and I'm still I'm too young for studio 54 well that's you gotta go get phil esposito and ron dugay to go studio 54 i was the china club
1: okay johnny b johnny the b it's the bouncer
0: legendary johnny b new york city on mondays There's some good China Club stories in my book as well. When is your book out?
1: Uh, Not for a year. Next
0: hockey season. We'll focus on your book You're going to give me a sneak peek of it?
1: Of course. Of course. Good.
0: All right. Fast two hours here. Yes. As the Leafs gear up for puck drop against Vegas. We're going to be back here tomorrow to break that down and, and still so much more. Thanks, everybody, for listening to The Real Kipper and Born Show. Show 22. Derek... Brandeo on tech and semi-producing. See you tomorrow.